We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. The fillers feel like, and so many players have to take game play. Only the secret plays that I'm not going to uh, give to the listeners. Uh, and, and I'm going to jam into my lineup. Oh, man, come on. <laughs> I thought you were a man. No, no, people, no, man. no, no. I am a man. I'm just kidding. There are, there are no secret plays. First off, yeah, there are no secret plays. Second off, if there were, I probably wouldn't know which one we have. So. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from Rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and J.D. Bazo. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I am Daniel Bramlett, one of your co-hosts, and I'm here with Skylar Redpath, the dynamic duo once again for a big DraftKings MLS slate. Welcome, man. Good to have another big MLS slate on deck on Wednesday. Had the, the big MLS Super Sub special, which had a few darts in there and was up near the top there for a while, but didn't pan out. But still good to see some big contests like that. I don't think it filled, which was a, a little disappointing to see. But um, regardless, we've got some relatively big MLS slates, $1,000 GPPs. I mean, I guess, again, where we are with it, but it is what it is. At least they kept it at a thousand instead of going down to five hundred or seven fifty after the disappointment of the super sub that did not they didn't really come close to filling. They definitely overlaid. So I mean, they didn't really pump it up too much. I know they had some qualifiers running for it and that kind of thing, but just 
I don't know, man. It feels like MLS in general definitely does not get too much hype surrounding it. So, I mean, I feel like that's kind of the indicative of the, the turnout. I mean, if you're not really promoting your contest and people aren't going to turn out to play, and it feels like that was the case this, this time around with a super sub. Yeah, same night as a U.S. men's national team slate going on, you know, at the same time probably didn't help and all that. True, so. true. but we've got $2,000 GPPs. We've got one Friday night with this little two-gamer, and then Saturday, a big eight-game slate. I think we'll probably mostly focus on the Saturday, but give me your thoughts on Friday real quick. How hard can it be to break down a two-game slate, right? <laughs> I mean, my thoughts on Friday are jam in as much LAFC as you can. At Colorado, probably one of the leakiest defenses in the league up against LAFC, probably the best attack in, in the league. So I'm uh, finding a way to fit Vela in. 12-3 for Vela, and it's like you just still jam him in, right? You don't even think about it. Yeah, I mean, the guy's scoring at will this season. Even if he's not scoring, he does so much else across the board. I mean, you just look at his last couple of games. Seven shots last game, eight crosses, golden and assists. I mean, the guy's just, uh, it's like video game type numbers. I don't know, man. It's, it feels like I'm trying to think of a price that I, you know, might hesitate to play them at, but twelve thousand three hundred, isn't it? You're penciling in fifteen points easily, and then if he gets a goal, he could he three flirts with thirty, pretty nice. So he does make an interesting fade potentially just in the pure GPP sense of like ownership and hoping for the bust because everyone else is so cheap relative to him. You know, the next highest forward is eight thousand. There's no midfielder over 8,000, so you can put a pretty nice down-the-middle lineup together and just hope Vela has the very, very rare bust, and that might get you up in the GPP, but I can't see even trying to do a cash lineup without him. Feels like on this kind of slate, if you're going to try to differentiate a little bit, then it's kind of like you said. I mean, everybody else is kind of in that, I don't know, mid to upper price range that you would even consider, and it feels like that's where you can kind of Mix things up a little bit between, you know, say like a Kataya 7,600, then you've got Daniel Royer 7,400, Kaku 7,300, Gaetan is 7,100. So it feels like you're going to have to make a decision between those four. Like, I feel like either one of those guys could turn up with a pretty big game. I personally like Kaku. He's been pretty good lately. I think he's standing over a share of their set pieces for the Red Bulls, and they're at home against Chicago, which is you know, a spot that I'm not really afraid of of uh, loading up against Chicago. So, yeah, I like Kaku for 7,300. Any other midfielders jump out at you? I see your boy uh, Jack Price down there, 5,300. <laughs> Back in the mix. At home, too, you know, but I think I will stay away. I always like Atuesta. He's always an attacking threat. He, he's very attack-minded. He's looking to score. He gets secondary assists. So, for 5,900, I like him. Sean Davis, also one of my boys. He's kind of lost his flair since Kaku has found that good form like you just mentioned when Kaku's down Sean Davis is up so he's always a nice value piece but probably not looking to him here because uh he just isn't it but uh what do you know about Lee Wynn I haven't seen too much news on him lately but man that is a very very cheap price if he was found his way back into the 11. Yes I mean it feels like um I mean he's healthy he's been in this in the squad past several games but I think Latif Blessing's just done so well, kind of um, adjusting to his role, you know, kind of in the midfield. Um, and he's just, I mean, he's been, he's been, uh, I mean, he's surprised me this season, like just ad- adjusting to that role. The LSC's got him in, um, but I mean, it feels like he's a good fit because he's got, you know, he's got weapons like 
Diego Rossi, Carlos Vela, uh, Diamande to work with. I mean, it feels like they're just peeing things off of him, and he's kind of the the linchpin that's uh, just you know providing service to these guys. He's getting some looks himself. He's had a goal uh, two games running for for blessing. So I think that's probably where. He'll definitely get the spot start from time to time. Um, I don't know. I mean, definitely at that price point, um, something to keep keep an eye on. But I feel like Blessing will probably keep his spot here, especially with LAFC just having one game this week. Yeah, very tough to count on that for the late game. But if you did see, you know, maybe keep since you're probably keeping some LAFC spots open anyway, it, it, it wouldn't be the worst thing. And you hope that uh, if – Win shows up there, you you could maybe reconfigure your lineup and switch to the more expensive keeper, or, you know, more expensive defender, or something like that. So, right. Or second option, maybe maybe that gets you Rossi and Vela, that type of thing. So, regardless, that's gonna be Friday night. When you, I know how you and me are, man. We could sit here and get bogged down in, in every match of it, but we got an eight game slate. We should probably move on to on Saturday. I feel like it's probably it's gonna be even bigger. What do you say? Yeah, man, two games late. It's kind of uh, – we don't need to spend too much time on it. Basically, we pretty much set up uh, jam in LAFC and, you know, see where pieces fit around them. Um, but, yeah, let's dive into this eight-gamer on Saturday. It's, it's a pretty tough one, like we were talking about at uh, the top of the podcast. So, oh, it's um, a anything, It's an absolute yeah, I mean, monster. Kind uh, of get a grip on anything that jumps out at you just off the top. Well, the first thing is it's eight games. It's extremely staggered start with the six o'clock going uh, to kick the slate off, and then three ten p.m. games that you got to wait for. So, uh, I told you before we started recording that my my new resolution is to quit complaining about DK on these podcasts. So I'm not going to complain, but there's if I <laughs> didn't make that resolution, let's just say there's a lot I could complain about here. Uh, the Forward position is loaded. You've got Wayne Rooney scoring goals from midfield. He's once again the most expensive player. I wish, Beyond midfield, like almost the other yeah. eighteen, is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, I mean, how great is it? It's just been so awesome having Wayne Rooney in MLS. Let's just go. Let's just yeah. say that real quick. You know, outside it's of fans, fun, man. If it's a fan, I mean, this, yeah, it's. I mean, it's highlight real stuff. Like this goal here was amazing, and then I still think back to one of my favorite plays last season um, when he tracked down Will Johnson and uh, served that ball in for uh, for Lucho Acosta at the back post from like midfield, which is just a thing of beauty so yeah i mean it's fun to watch and um he's been a uh a good asset for dk too i mean he's taking set pieces for dc um scoring goals taking shots so yeah i mean he's he's up there on the radar again on this slate i wish DraftKings would be a little more proactive of getting guys out of the player pool when they when they're still with their national teams but i guess they just don't want to mess with it and they don't want to be on the hook for late guys coming back late which i get so but you, know, you see Joseph Martinez in there, Lodero in there. They're still playing down in Copa America, so you can bypass them. Meanwhile, yeah, Albert, I, Albert Elise is probably going to be back from uh, Gold Cup play with Honduras for Houston. So, Yeah, he could be. I mean, that's kind of – I get what you're saying, but I wish, you know, that they could kind of filter some of those players out and it would make it a lot easier when you're trying to build a squad. But um, I think even just uh, Wednesday night, um, we saw it with Romel Kyoto, who played with Honduras. I want to say the night before. I want to say yeah, played with yeah. Honduras. Yeah, less Tuesday. than twenty-four hours. Yeah. Yeah, and then he appears, uh, I think, off the bench for the Dynamo in a um, MLS game. So I mean, it's 
it would be pretty tricky on DK's part to kind of navigate that. Um, so I can see kind of why they just leave the players in there and um, okay. kind of begs the question the, though. If Kyoto can make it back, what's what's up with Elise? What what took him so long? Why isn't he back last night against uh, San Jose? You yeah, know? I mean, I, I think Elise probably had a little bit more. Uh, a little more rigorous gold cup. He, I think he played in every match. I think Kyoto is limited. Um, minutes. Yeah, well, Kyoto, he was looking at his phone on the sideline and the coach benched him basically. <laughs> all that, so, yeah, yeah, all that. So, um, you're not going to be getting much playing time uh, if you're over on the sideline looking at your phone. So I think Elise... Uh, the magic of the gold cup. Yeah, yeah. I'd be surprised if Elise even uh, returns like right off the bat and starts, but I don't know. I guess you never know. Houston's in a pretty bad spot. They could definitely use a boost, and uh, right. I'm sure they're going to get him back in the mix. Yeah, he had a pretty rigorous Gold Cup action for sure. Uh, let's start looking at some of these players. Like Zlatan is actually super cheap. What This is kind of nice at 8,600. That's, that's like a gift for Zlatan, right? Yeah, and I don't know if it's because uh, of his dud. Um, in his last game at Cincinnati, he had two shots on goal. That was pretty much it. He had finished with three and a half points. Um, and yeah, so this uh, this price point looks intriguing, especially considering it's uh, El Clasico, California uh, rivalry at San Jose. And so they're on the road, but I mean, it's not technically uh, San Jose's true home stadium. I think they're playing at Stanford Stadium. Okay, good um, So yeah, it's a huge, uh, huge crowd that usually turns out for these games. And I mean... We've seen some gold fests in these uh, Cali Classicas before. I really expect nothing less here. I mean, I feel right. like Zlatan's uh, a great play at this price, so I'm definitely going to have some exposure to him, uh, 8,600. Yeah, I feel like you can't – if you're doing multiple lineups, you better have some Zlatan, and he's in play for cash. It's the it's a late game, which generally I like waiting for the late games. He did come half the dud, but he still – if you look at his game log beyond just that dead last game, he's still bringing like a six-point floor even if he doesn't score a goal. And if he's been pretty good for a goal. San Jose, all, you know, after a slow start, they're, they've grown into one of the better teams in the league under Almeida. He's really made a difference as a coach. But there's still not some defensive juggernaut that I fear necessarily. So I, I, they might outscore L.A., but I don't think they're going to hold them to a clean sheet. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, L.A. has actually been uh... – pretty good going forward. I mean, even, even without Zlatan being involved, they scored twice at uh, Cincinnati, which, you know, doesn't say a ton scoring against Cincinnati, right. but still, I mean, <laughs> they scoring goals. Uh, you should feel good. You shouted out Favio on the podcast we did before that slate. He, he was the guy. He was the man. Yeah, we didn't get the, um, I don't know if he, well, no, we had a legit comeback, so it wasn't really as much upside as I was thinking right off, you know, going into the slate. I figured that you know, I was hoping that Legette would be out, so that it would be uh, Fabio Alvarez or Joe Corona on sets. Mm-hmm. It didn't work out that way, so I didn't have quite as much exposure uh, to Alvarez as I probably would have, would have if like uh, Legette wasn't in the lineup. But Agreed. yeah, man, I mean, LA's. Uh, I think LA is going to score a goal or two at least here, and I want to have some exposure to Zlatan. But I mean, just looking at the forward pool, like. Yeah, there's so many good plays this week, man. I mean, you're talking about – you mentioned that Zlatan could even potentially be a cash play at that price. Um, but then right beneath him for $200 less, you've got Carlos Heel, um, who's you know probably the epitome of like a cash board, a guy that's on set pieces, 
Um, he's going to get some shots. He's going to draw some fouls. So, like, got a pretty safe floor for a forward in that price range. And I feel like, you know, you're going to have to ask the question if you want, like, a safer play, like, heel as your cash game forward, or do you want that, uh, you know, potentially like a, a six point four from shots. Like I'm not, I'm going to say this last game for Zlatan was a little bit of an outlier. Like usually gets more than two shots. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was just a weird game. It was an ugly game since he kind of uh, slogged the game down. LA scored early. So there wasn't quite as much urgency for Zlatan that he really didn't yeah. get going until the very end. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to kind of, you know, just, uh, Rush that one aside and say, like, I mean, you're still probably going to get, like, five, six-point four just from shots alone. But Zlatan brings that, you know, two-goal hat-trick upside to the table where you're probably not getting that with heels. So yeah. I feel like heel might be a little bit of a safer play. But, you know, especially in tournaments, and I, I say turn it up a notch and, like, pay that extra 200 bucks and, and plug Zlatan in there. Yeah, I'm playing Zlatan over Wando in the in that range as far as goal dependent. I'm playing Zlatan over Elise if he does come back and play. Uh, Vaco maybe is you know once you get down to 8100 Vaco, then you, I'm, I'm playing Zlatan over Montero for sure. Vaco is a little interesting coming off his huge game and he's been in good form. Yeah, Vaco's been he's been firing at will. He's had five shot five shots or more three games straight. So. Definitely something to take note of. Um, I missed. I had some of them in showdown last night, but I mean nothing crazy. Uh, definitely wish I had them in some some of that super sub action. Yeah, I had I had one Vaco lineup that gave me a little bit of a sweat towards the end of the super sub, but then the bonus monster kind of knocked me back a little bit. But <laughs> and I, he almost get he almost did uh, score one more goal. Even he was he was on fire, so he he came really close to adding one extra one on top, but. It is what it is. There's some other, but you know, as you go down the list, you mentioned there's guys up in the in the top of the range. As you go down the list, it only gets harder because you've got your Jordi Reyna who's finding great form. You've got Kyoto who will probably be be back and and reassert his role on set pieces, even though he had not been starting for Houston. So who knows? But uh, you know, Boateng good for LA. He he scored a goal last time. We do kind of start to dry up as you get in the six range, and uh, so what? Where, where do you go with some of these lower price guys? Where, where do you find some value plays in the forward pool? Yeah, so the value forwards for me, I think I'm going to stick to kind of my home bias, like I, I normally do. And um, you know, I want to say uh, I want to shout out Orgia Quanka, who scored some great goals uh, Wednesday night, finished with 28 points. Um, but he's got a tough matchup on the road at Atlanta. Um, but from that same game, um, we've got Brian Vas- or Brandon Vasquez, 4,400, um, started up top for Atlanta Wednesday night at Toronto, had five shots, one shot on goal, out seven points um, without a goal or an assist. And I feel like he's probably going to get another run out, especially with Joseph uh, Martinez still away at Copa America. The um, mm-hmm. has been dealing with injuries, so – wouldn't be surprised to see Vasquez rolled out here again. Um, not, you know, better matchup at home against Montreal. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him hit the score sheet. He's been on fire in the uh, U.S. Open Cup. I think he's scored three or four goals over the past couple of weeks. So 4,400 yeah. definitely, uh, you know, frees up a lot of salary elsewhere on a slate like this. So The five shots are very encouraging. Home. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, – you know, you've got Justin Miram, um, 4,600. 
he, I don't think he saw the field um, for Atlanta, but I wouldn't be surprised if he comes in for like, uh, uh, who is it that's starting right now? Pereira. Yeah, Don Pereira. Uh, yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if, if uh, Justin Merriam gets a spot start. And in that case, and yeah, I mean, I definitely like him at that price point. Um, same price as Merriam as Diego Fagundes, who also didn't, um, I think he might have seen like a few minutes off the bench for New England, but Bruce Arena's come out and said, um, you know, there's going to be some roster rotation just with all the, uh, the schedule congestion. So if Diego Fagundes gets a, a start, you know, I, I don't love the play, but for the price, and I could see, uh, you know, I could see me fitting him into a, a lineup or two. Yeah, he, he at that price, his floor is there, even with kind of losing the set pieces to heel. Obviously, if he was in four heel, in four Pania, that kind of might put him on pens. So, although heel would probably right. still take it, but but yeah, the, Fagundes, depending who he came in for, he could be really enticing. I agree. Vasquez, obviously, great shot. I think he's kind of your just put him in. He's the first. You're, you're we're very fortunate that that's the first game of the slate, so. He kind of opens up everything for you. I, I would expect him to be really highly owned. It's still kind of tough to fade him. I, I almost just like play him in GPP, not because I think it's a block or anything, I, but I don't. you don't play blocks in GPP, but you just I just believe in his upside so much. So he's a guy that I'm going to be pretty heavily invested in if he gets the start, I think, for sure. Shout a lot, I mean, he's probably going to be a pretty popular player if anybody's kind of paying attention um to what's going on with Atlanta. Uh, one more guy I'll just I'll throw out for like a GPP stat. Uh, especially Josh Zardes off at Gold Cup. We've got Patrick Mullins checking in at forty two hundred. Um uh, definitely a gold dependent forward. Um uh, but you never know on a gate eight game slate like this, like a guy like Mullins turns up with a brace and to score some gold yeah. for I mean, um, at home, at home so against you know, Orlando is, is not the is a right. pretty nice matchup. So, yeah, just worth uh, at least to mention. Nothing. Don't go, go. Don't go too crazy with Mullins. I mean, if you're if you're uh, wanting you know heavy exposure, a cheap board. We already said Vasquez is probably your guy, but Mullins is definitely worth at least to mention. Yeah, he got to run out for seventy minutes. He didn't really get much going against KC at home last game. Orlando much better matchup, so I wouldn't be too. I would I would think it's a GPP sort of ownership upside play, but not the worst play. You've also got uh, Schaffelberg, who was you know down in that range. He got a surprise start for Toronto, and with their injury and uh, international duty issues, he he could you know get out there again. Obviously, a much tougher matchup at DC instead of being at home against Atlanta for him. But eight crosses, not bad if if he was out there again. Yeah, no, it's a good shout. And one guy that I think will be a lot lower on, but I do I do want to shout him if I because I think Vasquez is going to be really highly owned in the same range. Uh, don't sleep on uh, Daniel Shallowy, who doesn't have any floor at all, but he does like to shoot and get a goal. And RSL's a little leaky, so for forty seven hundred, he could be your very low owned, you know, two percent goal down in that range. I think so. Okay. I mean, just a feel, just a gut feel, up with, just, just a gut feel. Yeah, I got a feel on him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a guy that just kind of pops up, pops up at random times, and I could see it happening. All right. Well, you ready to move on to midfield? Yeah, let's do it. 
Um, anybody right off the top that pops off at you? Well, I got to say that I absolutely blew it by uh, not getting at least one Pozuelo lineup in the super sub on Wednesday. I, I, I was I was seeing the overlay and I was like about to put one last lineup in. I was like, oh, maybe I'll do a little Toronto mini stack here and get Pozuelo in it. As I was getting ready to build it. <laughs> I saw some guys that I had in other lineups were not starting in the you know in the second games of the slate. I was like, oh, I got to redo some lineups. I didn't get a chance to get that last one in that would have been a Pozuelo stack. So I'm probably gonna have to make um, sure I play yeah, this time. Uh, so yeah, I think I landed on almost a hundred percent Pozuelo um, yesterday, especially after um, after seeing Portland's lineup with like Valeria and Brian Fernandez out. Like it just opened right. up a ton for me. That was um, the, that, that was but, the force to make all the changes. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> um, but no, I mean he's he's definitely worth uh, worth a look again on this uh, slate. I'm just I'm not sure if I, if he's as attractive. I mean the matchup at DC seems like a little bit tougher than uh, at home against Atlanta, but I don't know. Might be kind of in the same uh, same mold. Uh, both pretty tough teams to play against, and Pozuelo's kind of shouldering most of the attacking load, if not all of the attacking load right now for Toronto. So Right. Um, he just he just yeah, when you yeah. watch him play, he just always has the ball at his feet. It just it does just nonstop. Right. So I, I like him. I'm just I'm not um as big on, on him this slate. Um just with all the options available. Um probably gonna try to save a little bit uh, um, rather than pay all the way up to ninety six hundred for him. Okay. That's fair. How about MLS All Star I mean, uh, Nani somehow made the All Star game and now he's uh, <laughs> at Columbus up there at eighty six hundred thousand cheaper in Pozuelo. Yeah, I mean he's got to be in play. He's got to be on the radar. He look at his game log. He had fifteen crosses, four shots at DC, finished with twenty points without a goal or an assist. So yeah, I mean obviously that's not going to happen. Game in, game out. Um, he was chasing the game a little bit. But still, I mean, he's on a good bit of set pieces for him right now. Um, Columbus are a little bit pleated. But still, I mean, I just I don't know if I like paying all the way up for a road midfielder. Not all, all the way up, but, you know, he's third, third highest priced midfielder. So um, I'm probably more inclined to play heel, who we mentioned earlier. If I'm not playing him in the forward spot, then mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind playing him um, – 8,400 in the midfield spot. I'd probably also so just prefer you guys, uh, Pedro Santos for 600 cheaper in the home side of that same matchup over Nani if it was, it was a cash bill. Yeah, I mean, that's where we're going with just Pozuelo feeling like he's a little overpriced for an eight-game slate. I feel like you're going to find guys that will be able to equal his uh, his output or you know even better, a guy like Pedro Santos is – Pretty much got Monopoly. I say pretty much because I know uh, I think Guzman stepped in and taken some set pieces from off of him lately. But still, I mean, not, yeah, Santos is the guy most most of the time on set pieces. If if not on set pieces, he's getting some open play looks. Um, so I love the Santos shout. And then if you want to go back to the well, the Christian Espinoza, we mentioned that Cali Classico game. I expect fireworks, and I mean, this is a guy that. We've seen put in some bolt crosses, taking a yep. lot of shots. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's several good plays on this slate, and it feels like, you know, some of these guys are 
going to come down to like a coin flip. And right. I mean, P- Pity Martinez is where they fine in great form. Like, so, I mean. Yeah, Pity Martinez for 7,900. Like, granted, he missed a PK Wednesday night, but still, um, he converted one, six shots, four crosses. Um, I mean, as much as people are down on the guy, like he's at home against Montreal, he's probably still going to have a good share of set pieces. Um, probably looking to bounce back from that disappointment of, of missing the uh, potential equalizing PK. So I like Pity can. here for 7900 Like, Yeah, he's one of my favorite plays in that price range now that I'm looking at it. And Rusnak, 7800 at home, always in play, obviously, even against KC. Uh, I skipped over him, but you go back up Maxi Morales at home in the, you know, the Cross Factory, Yankee Stadium. So, I mean, there's just all kinds of plays. You see, V-Rod for 7400 When was the last time V-Rod with no Ladero there for 7400 I mean, how do you fade that, you know, at home? So, in a yeah. Cascadia Cup yeah, match. So it's like, yeah, V-Rod is definitely underpriced. Um, let's, I mean, just since there's so many good uh, midfield players, I mean, what do you say we rank like our top three? Like, I'd say maybe uh, 7K and up. You want to throw names out there? Just consider, I mean, it feels like it's so hard to just pick one or two guys and say, like, this guy stands out from the other. Like, anybody that uh, you feel like, you know, shoe in for your top midfielder? Yeah, I mean, if we're going sort of, if I'm thinking in terms of just like that point per dollar. Sort of like building the whole the whole lineup, I guess. In terms of that, maybe not necessarily raw score. I would say, I would have to say, Espinoza, Santos, and Virod. Yeah, and Rusnak, Rusnak like is, it. it's it's tough to keep. It's tough to kick. Rusnak's a very close fourth, but I would say, uh, yeah, Espinoza. And then uh, Santos, and then who? Yeah, Espinosa, Santos, Virod. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's tough, man. Yeah, with Rusnak four, Maxi five. Let's say that, and then so then Pozuelo doesn't even crack the top five just because he's so much more expensive. But how about your list? Sorry. Yeah, no, it's a good one. I mean, I'm gonna cheat, and I'm gonna. Um, say heel is a forward because he would probably make my top three midfielders. Um, but 7,000 and up, then yeah, I'm probably going to say Santos number one, uh, um, V Rod number two, and then coin flip between Espinosa and Morales. I might just go Espinosa, uh, Based on the environment, based on the big, you know, I feel like there's going to be some goals scored there. And then for Morales, it feels like, uh, let's see here, it feels like, who's the guy that's uh, not a bear? Matrita. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Matrita, the new guy. <laughs> so, uh, Matrita was cutting into yeah. uh, Maxi's floor for a while, but it's pretty much firmly reestablished at this one, I feel. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was going to get at, and just that I felt like it was uh, that maybe Matrita might eat into some of Morales' upside right now. But uh, I mean, and I think in my top three, I even left out Pity, who I said is probably one of my favorite plays. Right. So it's, it's tough, man. But yeah, I think Santos is is probably uh, the first end of my lineup out of that core. 
And then, yeah, I like V-Rod just based on the, the price point. And then, yeah, from there, it's going to be Espinoza, Maxi Morales, or Pity Martinez for me. I guess the good news is that you can kind of – what this lends itself to is a construction philosophy where you can really focus on getting the right forwards and defenders that you make sh- you definitely want because you know you can live with a lot of these midfield options. So if you wanted to have pity but you're 100 short, it's like, oh, you land on V-Rod. You know, that's not, that's not too bad <laughs> as an alternative. So that's the optimistic way of looking at this for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's going to be fun to see kind of how some of these cash builds shake out. Like, I feel like there's going to be some pretty, uh, pretty strong cash lineups out there. I mean, even tournament lineups, there's, there's going to be some fun ones. So, um, looking forward to it. I mean, I guess once we get past that $7,000 price point, um, try to start finding some value. Anybody, uh, anybody that's, you know, just, uh, uh, definitely, I play that you just plug in there to save some cash with. I like I like Legette's price at fifty four hundred. That's down from what he had been a little bit. You know now Fabio's yep. up to five thousand. So at the, at that rel, you know those two against each other with only a four hundred difference. I'm probably going to lean towards Legette, even though Fabio does have that upside. In the in the middle of those though, there's really not a ton that I see that I love. Uh, as far as being, you know, from between five and seven. Um, right. I, I'm just not really seeing it. I, I just, you know, the guys you kind of like, like a Rudy is nice, but he's on the road. Uh, Chapman kind of, is not say he can be nice, but he's on the road. Gerso is a nice price and he's back in the starting lineup, but on the road. So uh, between five and seven, I'm pretty much skipping it. And the seven K guys are so nice. And then, um, uh, if I need to go down to value, I'm looking there at legit, probably. Yeah. Uh, you think Alex, right rolled, on, does, you think Alex like... rolled on plays for Seattle? Seattle prices are all kind of low, huh? Yeah, Alex rolled on. I uh, believe he played this last game. Um, they're pretty shorthanded. So, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't do a ton uh, going forward, like, Roldan is, is a pretty, or not Roldan, Christian Roldan does, gets a little bit more involved going forward than Alex Roldan does. A little yeah, bit I, of, I, think uh, I wouldn't want to play Alex if he was in, if it was like a full-strength Seattle team and Alex Roldan was just sort of in as a one-off rotation. I don't think he's that good, but in this, when they're kind of very shorthanded, I think he could be okay. He's he's aver- He's gotten six points. Uh, or more in his last three start, last three appearances. So. Yeah, yeah. Forty-two hundred. Yeah, uh, yeah, at home rivalry match. I could see it happening. Um, like again, like if we want to go look on, at the same, like right next to him, like Larea and Venuto, both the same price. Those are guys that I like more in a vacuum, but they're on the road, and I, so it's kind of it's a tough choice. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely worth uh, throwing his name out there just with, with uh, all the big stars that we want to pay up for. Like, you're going to have to have some value squeeze in. So I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel just trying to see if there's anybody in this, like, 3,000 to 4,000 range. And I would like to say, you know, Wong and Biom is a guy that I would, I would want to try to 
potentially consider, but he's just so up and down right now. He's 4,100. He's on the road at Seattle. Um, he definitely gets involved for, for Vancouver, but I mean, you look at his point production, he had two points at Dallas, 10 points the game before that against Colorado, four and a half against Toronto before that, and then 10 against Dallas. Like It feels like he's just so up and down. You don't know what you're going to get. So yep. definitely a little bit of a dart throw with him. Like As much as I like his game, I just don't think I can go there. Uh, I mentioned Guzman. He's taken some set pieces for the crew lately. I think with Iguain out of the mix, like we're starting to see a little bit more uh, of him kind of taking some corner kicks and some free kicks and that kind of thing. So I think he's in play. Ten for points sure. last game. Yeah, Guzman is. I mean, he's definitely a wild card. I mean, much as I love his ability to get involved on set pieces, like the guy's a walking yellow card waiting to happen. So. Um, you know, he's yep. buyer, be, buyer beware with him. I mean, he's a physical guy, but definitely has some attacking abilities. Um, and then on down the list here, we've got Jackson Ewell, who's shown pretty well for San Jose. Yep, he's 30, I like seven hundred. He's yeah, he's. In I'd that play him Kelly over in over uh, over Wong. I mean, he's he's basically a, a, the same play as Imbom, but uh, cheaper and at home. So. Yep. Yeah. He brings that uh, same volatility Pereira. to his upside, but yeah. Yeah, Pereira, great play also, obviously, if he starts at 3,600 is nice. Well, I'll, yeah, I want to say great play, but I feel like I've tried to, you know, I've tried to go there a few times, and just every time I do, he comes to, comes back with like two or three points for me, so I'm, I don't know. Left the bat, yeah, maybe bat taste he might be one of those time. players, he might be one of those players that's just better as a sub. Like when he's he, when he comes on late, he's really active. You know, when he's the fresh legs that comes into a match. But when he starts, he doesn't really have that same advantage that he has over the rest of the guys on the, on the pitch. Yeah, I'd like to see Justin Merrim get the get the start there. And uh, um, I don't know. I feel like Merrim could be a little bit more productive than Pereira has been. But right, I'm not even. I'm, I, it's good to have a few plays in mind for these cheap mids. But I'm really much more looking for cheap defenders and forwards because I want to get the the 7K mids. I want to get as many 7 or 8K mids as I possibly can. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I guess on that note, I'll throw out one last potential value, and that's uh, see here for Orlando. Dylan Powers has kind of come back from uh, injury recently. I think he started the season out sideline, but he's come back with a couple of pretty strong games since he's returned, and he's a guy that can get you points on both sides of the ball, get some defensive stats, he gets involved going forward some, so probably uh, a pretty unpopular play, but for 3,500, um, he's he's caught my eye just with, you know, kind of how he's come back um, since his injury, and uh, I don't, I mean, I think he, he's definitely worth a, worth a look again as long as he keeps his starting spot. Yeah, and he's in one of the earlier games of the of the slate, relatively. So that's good. Yeah, keep an eye yep. out. So, all right, anybody that we did not hit on on midfielders, I feel like, and so many players on the big game slate. Only the secret plays that I'm not going to uh, give to the listeners, uh, and, and I'm going to jam into my lineup. Oh man, come on! <laughs> I thought you were a man. No, no, people, no, man. no, no. I am a man of people. people. I'm just kidding. There are, there are no secret plays. First off, yeah, there are no secret plays. Second off, if there were, I probably wouldn't know which ones they are. So, 
Uh, no, I'm good to go on to defender because that's a very weird position. And uh, my boy Brad Smith, though, I think I, I mentioned Seattle guys being underpriced, but he's he's right there as one of the most expensive defenders. So can pay for him? Yeah, and what's up play? with him? Was he? Uh, I guess he was on international duty recently. I was wondering why he missed on their last game, but yeah, yeah, I guess he should be back in the fold um, at home against Vancouver. Yeah, I need to look, look into it. I mean, yeah, but even at that, are we are we paying? Are we even going to have funds to pay up a defender? And then at that, is, is there really any defender that's worth paying up? Um, right off the bat, I just don't see anybody that really sticks out as like a must play in that high end defender range. Yeah, uh, I mean Smith would come the closest. I think that's probably why I threw him out there. It's easy. I can easily. A lot of these guys are are questionable on international duty. Still, still right with Gold Cup and whatnot with uh, Moderita and whatnot. Uh, Leerdom. Uh, as far as uh, Zussi, I don't really like him as much on the road. I, I'm not paying 5200 for him with no set pieces. Ali Adnan, great play. As we, he's a favorite of the podcast, but again on the road. Lo, uh, Lopez got in. For San Jose, and he almost scored a, a really great goal. He had a laser shot that was saved. Would have been really paid off a huge game for him, but he's not quite as active as the first few times we saw him uh, back when he was cheap, too. So I don't know if I want to pay up for him. Kai Wagner on the road, Bakri Sanya on the road, Adam Lundquist on the road. I, the, the theme of this whole thing is you, you don't want to pay for these expensive guys on the road because you have so many good home players, I guess. And, and it really shows out in this expensive defender range because they're just all road games. Yeah, it feels like we're going to need to save um, at the position, so I don't mind trying to scrape for some value. And, you know, a lot of times, sometimes it just ends up kind of keeping an eye out on lineups and see what emerges once once the starting lineups start to drop. You know, a lot of these teams are on uh, the back end of a double game week, so it wouldn't be surprised. Surprising to see some kind of eyeball wild cards start, and might be able to plug in some savings once that once uh, the lineups start coming out. Yeah, like I, I, earlier in the season, I wondered why Jack Price never, never seemed to go up in price. Now I'm gonna wonder the same thing about Hector Jimenez for Columbus because even though he hasn't all, he hasn't been great, it's not like he's put in stellar super performances, and he's kind of volatile. He is like super cheap all, all the time. And he's been playing – he's playing for a favorite, and he's been playing advanced position. He played like attacking left winger last game uh, with Affle finally back. And now – then Affle got a red card. So I don't think he'll play up front in the attacking wing. But for 3600 for a home fave fullback that I expect to be starting, Jimenez is where I'm starting my search for value. Yeah. No, it's a good uh, good call. It's, it's good, too, that you threw that out there about Affle because I was – um, I kind of had forgotten that he got that red, and I was actually going to mention Jimenez on this podcast as, as a defender that could potentially be playing closer to goal. But now that you brought that back up about awful, then yeah, I imagine uh, Jimenez will probably fall back into that kind of right back role. Um, but I, I still I mean, like it. If not, if he does happen to, yeah. yeah. And it, I mean, I definitely like him a little bit more when he's playing a uh, little bit higher up the field, more more of an attacking role. Um, but yeah, yeah thirty six hundred, not a bad play for him. Not a great play. Um, he's one that I would probably want to keep an eye out for. And if he happens to start uh, uh, higher up the field again, then yeah, I definitely like him a lot more. 
Okay, so who, uh, when you think of a value defender, how low are you going to go as far as where you start your search? Um, I mean, this guy, I feel like he's not like um, a bottom of the barrel play, but he's a guy that compared to some of the higher end plays, definitely feels like you're saving some, knowing the upside he brings to the table. If Jovan Jones gets the start for Seattle, 4400 is a great price for him. Probably chew uh, into my lineup if he starts, which, you know, it's tough to say because it's the last hand of the slate, so it's tough to say, like, leave a defender spot open. Um, but there are plays I feel like, you know, there's two games going on at that same time. Right, yeah. Actually, there's three games. There's three, yeah. Three time. Games. So you're going to so, have yeah, – yeah, you're going to have some pivots. Uh got Brandon By in that – well, By plays them earlier in the night. But feels like there's going to be some pivots if you want to plug Jovan Jones in there, just kind of see how the lineup shake out. Uh, I, I like him a lot for the savings. I mean, any, yeah, I think any he's thoughts solid. on Jovan, Jovan Jones here? Yeah, I, I like Jovan. He's obviously – Back with Seattle, and the first last time around with the Sounders, he was he was a guy that you played in fancy a lot because he does things. He's not the best soccer player in the world, but he definitely does things for DFS, which we like. He loves to just put his head down and cross, loves to get stuck in on a tackle. So I, I think he's a really good player. I definitely like the price. It, I, you know, he's sort of maybe not quite the floor of Brad Smith, but I think the same upside for a lot cheaper price. So. That's not bad. Uh, Brandon By himself, who you mentioned, is not bad. He scored a goal last uh, on Wednesday, so he's you got to consider him in really good form. I don't expect another goal from him, but at home against this sort of makeshift Houston team that's getting itself back together from international stuff, doesn't uh, doesn't uh, sound too bad like too bad of an option to me. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really not a ton of guys that jump off the page other than like I mentioned Jovan Jones is a guy I'm definitely going to kind of be crossing my fingers banking plugging him in hoping he starts I just feel like that's too good of a value for a guy like with his ability so other than that like I mentioned I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on lineups as they unfold and see if there are any of these like three thousand dollar price range wingbacks or something that, that pop up and sometimes you just even if even if uh, you really don't know a ton about the, the players, sometimes you just got to take the value as it pops up and uh, use it to fit in the guys that you really, really want to play. And then just hope you, you know, happen to hit the luck box or <laughs> right. gold with, uh, with one of these random values that you just plug in just to, to work everybody else that you want to in. I mean, both, both RSL fullbacks that are expected to start are really cheap. AJ De La Garza has been starting for Houston. He's thirty-one hundred. Uh, he should be able to get you four or five points. I feel even in a, in a road matchup at New England. And like, yeah, maybe maybe Pines gets a start for DC. You never know. Just anything could happen. Traore for LA would be awesome if he got a start. He's a, he's a really good player for straight minimum. Yeah, so definitely love. Uh, yeah, CD Traore starts. Uh, I'd say. I say the spot for him, but by that point, you might have already at least exhausted one of your defender spots. So, uh, so I guess that kind of makes me wonder. It'd be interesting, how, man. I mean, how how many spots do you save open for that? Those three games in the ten o'clock window. It's a very interesting question. The, I think the, it'll, yeah, because the 
the games before that are um, um, on Central Time here. So, so yeah, the first the last game before that three game like late slate kicks off is two hours before that one. So right, uh, right you makes could... it even tougher, man. It's, yeah, there's going to be a lot of kind of. I don't know. You're going to have to kind of decide if you want to go hard, go heavy on the earlier slate and then just have like one or two late game hammers or, you know, do you save up and see if there's enough value that emerges over the course of those first few games that you have enough to, to pay up for Zlatan to, to plug Espinosa from San Jose and D-Rod from, from Seattle. Like those are the heavy hitters in the late game. And I think you're probably going to want to have exposure to so yeah it, it's it, it it's a really interesting really interesting slate and uh i i don't think it's how i would have created the, the slate for this i think i probably would have done a five game and a three game just the way with the way the timing splits up and i think that would have been a little bit more user friendly but i also do love the challenge and the fun of an eight game slate i'm probably going to be pretty gpp heavy on this slate and focus a little less on cash I'll, I'll try to build a cash lineup just because I think that's a fun challenge, too, uh, as far as putting that puzzle together. But it, it's a little it, – it's to the point – this is a slate where it's worth chasing, you know, trying to get first place in the GPP in a couple hundred bucks rather than uh, the guessing game of cash and and uh, having a very marginal – take a big, big loss on the night uh, on a marginal difference in players that you could have gone either way on. Yeah, definitely some coin flips to be had out there on the slate. So, um, any other defenders that we really need to touch on or that we should bring up before uh, we jump to the all important goalkeeper position? Uh, it, <laughs> I mean, we know who the good players are, but just none of them are in really good situations and their prices are a little too much. I, if I had to shout out one guy who I think is maybe worth paying, well, I'm going to shout out two that I think if you find yourself in a spot to pay up, you can always pay for Ali Adnan. He's he's great play, one of the best fantasy fullbacks in the league. And then I, I'm going to I liked what I saw from Lopez, even though he didn't deliver a huge score, he did almost get the goal. And I think if he gets another start, he's going to be grow into the game for sure. So Lopez and Adnan would be my pay if you found yourself with a, the money to pay up at a defender spot, go for it. Yeah, I can get behind those, um, both in rivalry matchups, too. Um, I don't know if we've mentioned him, but I'll say uh, Ruan for Orlando City, a guy that has made his way in my lineups on a few occasions. Um, and then Kyle Wagner from Philadelphia. like He's been pretty – results haven't been there lately, but he's had some pretty big games earlier in the season. So uh, you mentioned – Mentioned it earlier, Yankee Stadium's kind of just a fantasy-friendly environment, so um, could definitely see him kind of coming back around, but a little bit of a risk just plugging him in after his recent run of results. So, um, yeah, I think I think that's the game that goes under-owned. If, if you're looking, if we start talking about strategy, just as far as where ownership's going to lie, people are going to play some Atlanta United guys, especially Vasquez. People are going to hold out for the late games. People are going to put in Santos and Wayne Rooney and, and whatnot, and maybe Carlos Hill. 
people are not going to be jamming in Philly NYC game, guys. So if you're looking for the – I think that will easily be the lowest zone game of the slate. So if you wanted to, you know, play it for a shootout and build a lineup that had Kai Wagner, Maxi Morales, and, uh, you, know, a, a Phil, you know, a Philadelphia option, maybe Aronson or something like that, and a NYC fullback, yeah, go for it. You get, get a lineup with a bunch of 2%, 5% guys, and maybe they blow up. Yeah. Yeah, some good differentials there. Uh, last defender, I guess I'll throw out is Lundqvist from Houston. Um, on the road, so I never love playing defenders on the road, but he's got some set-piece duties for Houston. Um, and he's, you know, his results have been serviceable, I guess we could say, recently. Um, handful of crosses, even without any clean sheet points, and he's still averaging about seven points a game over the last several games. So some somebody that, especially with the way that Houston's lineup has been depleted, then he's taken on some more set pieces and that kind of thing. So uh, I feel like yeah. he's worth to mention here at least. I, I, I just, for whatever circumstances, I found myself sitting down and watching both of the last two Dynamo matches, and I just I don't like what I see from them, to be honest. And I don't I don't know if I'm going to, Dynamo and Orlando both are, are two teams that I think are going to end up fading pretty hardcore on this slate. And even even as good as Nani is, even as good as Ruan is, and what I've seen from Lindquist in the past, I just famous last words may come back to bite me. But those two teams are easy fades for me on this slate. So <laughs> it's fair enough. Fair enough. I just feel like. Uh set piece defender it deserves a mention on, on a DraftKings podcast so there it is I mean definitely uh, kind of the last defender that made his way into to my player pool here but um, you know worth the shout I love it and who, who am I to question the GOAT obviously so alright how about goalkeeper what uh, what do you see yourself doing here I mean are you trying to the, the thing with it is I, I just played around with some lineup building and if you play Brandon Vasquez you can have a really nice lineup and still have money to pay for a decent goalkeeper it's not like you have to take a big underdog so yeah I like, like? Uh, David Be- I like David Bingham on the road um, I know it's, I mentioned I think there's going to be some goals but for 4500 uh you know, the man. I think we've seen some Cali Classicos that have not had goals in too before. And um, LA's defense recently. I mean, they've had some clean sheets even on the road. So, forty-five hundred for a road goalkeeper um, who's not truly at an opponent's, you know, home field. So, um, I like him. I like if you want to pay up for a goalkeeper. Uh, I mean, I feel like Bill Hamid is probably 5,400 against a Toronto team that, yeah, they scored a few goals midweek, but I still feel like they're a little disjointed in the attack and feel like if they can shut down Pazuelo, like Toronto doesn't have a, have a ton in the attack. So I still like Bill Hamid um, at home against Toronto. Yeah, Toronto has guys that like to shoot long shots from outside the box, so that always is a plus when you're looking for fantasy goalkeeper. I like Hamida. He, he was, I wish I would have played him a lot more. I wish I would have just put him in a coffin for all my lineups on Wednesday. He would like, I, I paid up for a lot of different goalkeepers that got like Gonzalez and, and Vega that got, you know, 
I, I did have didn't have enough egg. I didn't have enough hamid. So uh, yeah. that's probably going to yeah. color my uh, decision making. I'll probably have way too much hamid this late. So who knows? But I like the spot. <laughs> I would have shouted him if you didn't. So yeah. What about Matt Turner um, coming back for the Revs? He, he I think he's been suspended last two games. But he's fifty two hundred. Saves you a couple of hundred bucks from Hamid, and he's at home against Houston, who he's, we've mentioned earlier is coming back, kind of uh, getting some players back from international duty potentially. But, but they've been really bad recently. So, um, yeah, that, that you want to say if that carries over. I mentioned Vega, Vega, that Houston matchup worked for him. He, had, you know, he was able to put up a really nice score at home against Houston. So I would not shy away from Turner in the same spot at all. So, yeah, Hamid and Turner are probably my big spin. And probably going down to BM if I want to save a little bit and just roll the dice with him and the on the road, quote unquote, on the road at San Jose. Uh, yeah, I don't have I don't yeah, Sean Johnson either. Philly on the road. Philly, you know, is one of the better teams in the East, obviously, but they still. They don't necessarily frighten you, so and you figure they oh, will get yeah. a few extra shots. So forty eight hundred for Sean Johns, not a bad price. Yeah, it's a good find there. I didn't, uh, I that didn't even jump out at me when I was going through the keeper pool, but yeah, forty eight hundred for a homekeeper. Um, I like it. Yeah. Again, then that that's the game I expected to be kind of under own. So you're. Maybe not a ton of leverage necessarily, but still, I think it, that's the game I kind of think is going to go under. But we'll see. I don't. Know. I can see myself a lot of short basically draws, you're so. saying we're going to see it. Yeah, basically what you've said um, to summarize at the end of the pod is that you're going to have some sneaky NYCFC stacks going on these <laughs> yeah, GPPs. Yeah, yeah exactly. Full, some a percent maximum. Let's go. Yeah. John in the back. Oh. Oh, no, man. really it be fun. I, yeah, it should be a fun slate. It's it's again. I mentioned I I, I never shy away from the challenge of an eight game slate. Uh, I wouldn't have minded to get in a little two two different slates here, two for the price of one. But the eight games going to be fun. So I look forward to trying to chase you down at the top of the leaderboard, my friend. Hey, we'll see, man. I'll be I will be tailing uh, it down to. Um, Kind of close to the keys down in Florida, so I'm not sure if I'll if I'll be jamming some lineups in on the road. Um, That's when you're at your we'll most see, dangerous. Man. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I would sure. rather I would rather have you sitting at home, you know, in front of your computer building lineups than, you know, that's that's when I think you're vulnerable. When you're like driving across state lines and just barely crossing into a DFS uh, allowable zone and just getting something <laughs> in on your phone two seconds before lock. That's when I do not want to be facing you because I know that somehow you just met capture the match <laughs> win it all. So, uh, well, I guess I should say that I would, I would, uh, make sure that I was in the passenger seat while I'm building my lineup. Yeah. Some of those road builds end up turning out a little bit better than, you know, some, some of the builds that you spend, you know, an hour or so trying to configure them. Sometimes some of the best builds I've made, like, this last minute, like, hey, this guy looks like he's in a good spot. Uh, it's a good price. Jam him in. And what do you 
you know, you end up like taking down a, a GPP or something. Yeah, so it should be a fun slate regardless. Um, anybody wants to reach out to either of us, I'm at DraftKicks on Twitter. I believe uh, Daniel over there is at Trip and B. And we're always in the Discord, uh, RotoWire Discord chat. So well, I say always, I mean, you know, we're, we're uh, in and out of there throughout the day. But any, any questions you guys have, feel free to throw them out there. Um, always happy to, to uh, bounce some ideas around. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Good luck, guys. Thank you for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com/soccer.